This is Barry Zalma speaking for Claim School Incorporated's blog, Zalma on Insurance. Today we're going to talk about the problems with stranger-originated life insurance policies, or STOLI, S-T-O-L-I policies, and how the STOLI fraud victims seek a return of premium from an insurer who was defrauded into entering into a STOLI type contract. The fact is that there, if there is a lack of insurable interest, a life insurance policy is void from inception. It never came into effect because it never existed as a matter of law. In Geronta funding, a Delaware Statutory Trust versus Bright House Life Insurance Company, an August 25, 2022 decision of the Supreme Court of Delaware. The Supreme Court was asked to determine whether premiums paid on insurance policies declared void ab initio, that is, from their inception, for lack of an insurable interest should be returned. The trial court agreed with Brighthouse, the insurer, and relying on the restatement second of contracts to determine whether Geronta was entitled to restitution. Specifically, the court held that Geronta may obtain restitution under section 198 of the restatement if it could prove excusable ignorance or that it was not equally at fault. Applying this test, the court ruled that Geronta was only entitled to the return of premiums it paid after alerting Bright House to the void nature of the policy at issue. Now, the facts are strange and went on for dozens of pages in the opinion. But basically, on July 11, 2007, the fictitious Mansour Sec Irrevocable Life Insurance Trust applied to MetLife Investors, USA Insurance Company, Bright House's predecessor, for a $5 million universal life insurance policy insuring the life of a fictitious man identified as Mansour Sec, with a birthday of January 1, 1933. Sheck was identified as a French citizen residing in Jersey City, New Jersey. After confirming that its procedures and guidelines were met, MetLife issued the policy on or around July 24, 2007. In 2010, PAPSEC was the subject of numerous press releases issued by the state of New Jersey and other insurance industry publications. They stated that Pape Michael Seck, a New York insurance agent, had been arrested and prosecuted for fraudulent insurance schemes. Pape Seck pleaded guilty to two counts of insurance fraud concerning fraudulent applications for Monsoor Seck. On April 4, 2018, Bright House filed suit, seeking a judicial declaration that the policy was void ab initio for lack of an insurable interest, and arguing that it is entitled to keep all the premiums paid on the policy. 
Geronto filed an answer agreeing that the policy was void ab initio in a counterclaim, alleging it was entitled to reimbursement of all premiums paid with the exception of the premiums paid by the original owner of the policy, who had sold it away, and that person had sold it to Geronto. In its opinion, the trial court declared the policy void ab initio. The court denied Geronto's request for a rescission and disgorgement, holding that rescission is not available where a contract is void because there is no contract to unmake. After trial, the Supreme Court ruled that Geronto was only entitled to restitution of the premium it paid after it informed Bright House that the policy was void for lack of insurable interest. In the court's analysis, a contract of insurance upon a life in which the insured has no interest is a pure wager that gives the insured a sin sinister counter-interest in having the life come to an end. A court may never, never enforce agreements void ab initio, no matter what the intentions of the parties. Thus, when an agreement is void ab initio as against public policy, the courts typically will not enforce a remedy to any extent against either party. In other words, the courts typically will leave the parties where they find them. Now, Geronto claimed it was entitled to a rescission of the policy, but rescission would always result in the return of any premiums paid by applying equitable principles of putting both parties back in the position they were in before the contract was made. Stranger originated life insurance, stoli policies, like the one for Monsoor Sack, when rescinded, would require return of the premiums from the insurer to the investor. However, since the policy was void at its inception, and in fact before its inception, because it was totally illegal, rescission was not available, and Geronto was refused that opportunity to get its money back. A restitution is a body of substantive law in which liability is based not on tort or contract, but on the defendant's unjust enrichment. Restitution has been awarded under two separate approaches. One, a false-based analysis grounded in consideration specific to insurance policies declared void ab initio for lack of an insurable interest and to the restatement. Restitution under a false-based analysis, grounded in considerations specific to insurance policies, fit in the mind of the Supreme Court of Delaware. Although most courts considering the, addition, the issue have adopted a false-based analysis of determining whether to return premiums paid on an illegal or void insurance policy, generally when an illegal contract is voided, the parties will be left where they have placed themselves with no recovery of the money paid for services. Now consider the fact that Geronto, in keeping the policy alive, even though it knew that there was problems because it could not con connect with Mansour Sack, but there is 
an exception, they claim, for the case in which the party that made the payments is not to blame for illegality. The insurers were the clear victims of the stolen scheme, as was Duranta, who bought the policy from the original set of criminals. If the downstream investor was equally at fault with, or more at fault than the insurer, the trial court should leave the parties where they found them, allowing the insurer to keep the premiums. If, on the other hand, the downstream investor was innocent, or the insurer was more at fault, the court should return the premiums. Now, the restatement, section 198, lays out two exceptions to the general rule. When a party is excusably ignorant, or two, not equally wrong with the party from whom he seeks restitution. The Supreme Court adopted a fault-based analysis framed under the restatement that considers questions specific to insurance policies declared void ab initio, as against public policy for lack of an insurable interest, as the correct test to determine whether premiums should be returned. The Supreme Court noted that a fault-based analysis incentive and incentivizes insurers to speak when the circumstances suggest that a policy is void for lack of an insurable interest, because they will not be able to retain premiums if they stay silent after being put on inquiry notice, and they also might re be responsible for interest payments. And the premiums paid by the original criminal and the persons to whom he sold the contract and the person to whom they sold the contract, Toronto, paid more than a couple million dollars for this $5 million policy in premiums to keep the policy alive. Thus, when analyzing a viable legal theory that seeks as a remedy the return of premium paid on insurance policies declared void ab initio for lack of an insurable interest, Delaware courts are now required to analyze the exceptions outlined in sections 197, 198, and 199 of the restatement and determine whether or not those exceptions permit return of premiums. In such a situation, a court needs to determine whether there would be a disproportionate forfeiture if the premiums are not returned. The claimant seeking the return of premium is excusably ignorant, or the parties are not equally at fault, or the party seeking restitution did not engage in serious misconduct and withdrew before the invalid nature of the policy became effective. Or finally, the party seeking restitution did not engage in serious misconduct, and restitution would put an end to the situation that is contrary to the public interest. The fault of the parties in public policy considerations will, according to the Supreme Court of Delaware, determine which party is entitled to the premiums paid on an insurance policy that is void ab initio for lack of an insurable interest. 
finding that the superior court failed to consider whether either party had inquiry notice of the void nature of the policy, and that prior to the purchase, Duranta, in consultation with a company called Lendenhall, made the deliberate decision to superficially look at the SEC policy by solely focusing on whether it was active, and that Duranto purposely ignored the possibility that some of the unexamined policies in the bulk purchase might have been unenforceable, Duranto's due diligence as to the SEC policy was extremely limited. But they didn't find these as facts, and that is why the Supreme Court sent the case back to the trial court. The Superior Court had concluded that Brighthouse was not at fault because Duranta failed to show that Brighthouse had actual knowledge of the void nature of the policy. In other words, the court found Brighthouse did not have actual knowledge of the policy's illegality, but might have had inquiry notice. Section 198 and the imperi delicto cases from Section 3ABI focus on whether a party had either actual knowledge or inquiry notice of the invalidity of the policy. Since the trial court failed to consider whether Brighthouse was on inquiry notice of the void nature of the policy, they remanded the case to the Superior Court. In my opinion, by waiting two years after inception of the policy for the fake insured, the fraudsters defeated the ability of an insurer to rescind because of the anti dispute clauses in the new life insurance policy. However, since Mansour's sect did not exist, the policy was not real. It was a gamble that the criminal invested a great deal of money, sold the risk to another, and profited from the crime, only to have the victims sell again until Geronto found itself paying premium of hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on a void policy. To do justice, the Delaware Supreme Court provided a means to determine who was free of guile and who was not when deciding who gets the premium back, if anyone, and they've sent the case back to the Superior Court to take evidence and determine who should get the money and who should be allowed to keep it. If you found this video of a rather interesting and unusual case interesting, and useful to you or your colleagues, please pass it on. Advise them, your colleagues, that they can read my blog free by just going to zelma.com slash blog, and they can watch the videos on Rumble or on YouTube. Please have them even consider subscribing to my Locals channel and to my Substack publications. Thank you for your attention.